This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, we know gas prices are getting out of hand when we're back to seeing recycled cooking oil for fuel products in the news. We know that uh, Chick-fil-A has partnered with a uh, Texas-based manufacturing company to convert the fast food restaurant's used cooking oil into renewable fuel. Oh. Okay, and then we see a story of the Airbus 380, the behemoth of the skies, has just completed a trial flight powered on cooking oil. And yes, the results are promising. Yay! Now, how well is it going? Well, they claim that they're trying to achieve this net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and they want to be flying these planes with recycled fuel from cooking oil by 2035. Okay, but when the air, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever been around uh, vehicles that use cooking oil as fuel, uh, they better find a way to make it not smell because <laughs> i'm willing to you know save the money i'm willing to have the vehicles you know run for a long time on french fry oil but i don't know and this is i know this is going to sound weird because i love french fries i know it's a surprise i'm a fan of french fries it just i don't know that i want the entire neighborhood smelling like french fries every time a car starts up but you know so be it so be it welcome welcome to chewing the fat tis the season for finally getting outdoors and entertaining with pool parties and barbecues and even just hanging out in the backyard but if your yard looks like a plant cemetery you're not going to enjoy it as much You buy the plants, you put them in the ground, and before you know it, uh, your dream yard is a graveyard. Luckily, luckily, FastGrowingTrees.com is here to give your yard a new life. When it comes to caring for your plants, know-how matters. That's why FastGrowingTrees.com's experts curate thousands of plant varieties that will thrive in your specific climate, location, and needs. There's no waiting in lines, no messy cars from hauling plants all over town because you order online or over the phone and your plants are shipped to your door in one to two days. Plus, Their growing and care advice is available 24-7. So whether you're looking for increased privacy, shade, or adding some natural beauty to your yard, fast-growing trees have the perfect plants and the expertise to help you find them. Even if you've never had a green thumb, they'll make you feel like you do. One million home gardeners have already seen what fastgrowingtrees.com can do for them. 
I'm uh, busy ordering new plants uh, from Fast Going Trees since we had the front of the house destroyed because of the water leak. Can't wait for that. You know, when I was a little kid, my grandparents were big on the flowers and the trees and the bushes and the shrubbery. I probably should have paid attention. But now I know I don't have to, thanks to FastGrowingTrees.com. Uh you can dream about that beautiful new yard, but you don't uh, You don't have to dream anymore. Fastgrowingtrees.com got you covered. Plus, their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee. You can trust everything will be healthy for years to come. Fastgrowingtrees.com is the world's largest online nursery with expertise, care, and selection you won't find anywhere else. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash jeffy right now. You'll get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Jeffy. Fastgrowingtrees.com slash Jeffy. So the deadline was missed. The $10 million jackpot. Uh, no, no one uh, picked it up. What a bummer that is. I mean... If you're willing to give the money up, I'm okay with taking it. But it is the largest unclaimed prize in the history of the Maryland lottery. And no one came to pick it up. The Exxon location that sold the winning ticket tried to advertise the unclaimed prize to find the winner to no avail. I'm surprised they didn't look at the video footage, though. And, you know, at the time the lottery ticket was purchased to see if they knew the customer, that kind of thing. And maybe they did, and they just, they didn't. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just seems strange that you'd have a $10 million lottery ticket and then, you know, stuff it in your car seat or maybe you accidentally threw it away in the fast food bag you bought lunch in after you bought the tickets. I don't know. That just seems, <laughs> that's a, that, that stinks really bad. And I guess if you knew that it was you, and you threw the ticket away or you don't know what happened to it, that almost makes it worse. So the fund, the money goes into a fund for second chance and bonus prizes in their unclaimed prize fund. I mean, the billions of dollars go unclaimed, according to, you know, the, the experts. They have, uh, in 2017, they talked about $3 billion went unclaimed. Wow. Uh, okay. They're saying that, uh, you know, 160 unclaimed prizes in, t in 2017 were worth more than a million dollars. That's, that's a lot of money to leave just unclaimed. I get it, though. I get how you would do it. It just really, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to know. I wouldn't want to go, isn't that you, fat man, who bought the ticket here at 2.32 p.m. in the afternoon? What would you do with that ticket? Uh, I don't know. Oh, you could have had $150 billion. Well, no, I couldn't because I don't know where it is. The largest unclaimed lottery ticket right now, uh, I think in the world is the 64 million euro lottery prize, uh, from the UK. So, I mean, that would... <laughs> I mean, maybe it, maybe grandma bought it and she passed away and then the house gets cleaned up and it gets thrown away. There's so many ways for it to happen. It just really stinks. So a good rule of thumb. Uh, keep an eye on your lottery tickets. Okay. Another good rule of thumb. 
may be to keep an eye on your mobsters who are in jail or in custody. So a New York mobster, the notorious New York mobster who killed three people, attempted to kill two others, has escaped from federal custody. Now, he was recently moved to a halfway house, according to the Bureau of Prisons. Dominic Tadeo, the hitman from Rochester. Uh, that's I mean, he was part of the Rochester area crime family. Uh, escaped March 28th, all right? Okay, so he's just gone? Yeah, uh, he was at a medium security lockup and he was being transferred to a residential halfway house and then he failed to return from an authorized medical appointment. Oh, so you let him out, he's wandering around and he just never came back. Yep, that's about it. So he's placed on the escaped status on the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Oh, that's nice. I know he escaped one time before, but this time he's at this halfway house because they're getting ready to let him out, right? His scheduled release, I think, is in a year or so away. So I don't know why he would just leave, right? Unless he's, you know, wants to be thrown back in prison, I guess. It I, I doesn't make much sense. You know, back in um, 92... He pled guilty to racketeering charges that included the killings of three men during the mob wars in uh, the 80s, in the early 80s. But he, before he went to prison, he was released on bail in 87, and he left. He took off. <laughs> and he was gone for two years. They didn't know where he was until they finally caught up with him in Cleveland at his brother's house. I love the... Uh, I love the uh, the report of the uh, Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Small, balding, and looking hardly like a mob hitman who investigators say gunned down three underworld figures. Dominic Tadeo returned to federal court in shackles. So, but he was almost he was almost free, and now he's gone again. It's kind of weird, unless. Uh, he was not going to be free ever, and the mob was unhappy, and the mob helped him to uh, break away this time, and he is, uh, you know, buried in some landfill somewhere. That is very possible, but, you know, it's been quite a while, and it seems like he would be, you know, another year in halfway house. He's out. He's free. So... I mean, he tried to get out last year for a compassionate release because saying that he had hypertension and he had obesity and he was at risk for serious complications from COVID-19. And the judge said, yeah, no, uh, no, that is uh, not going to happen. The medical records, according to prosecutors, did not show that Tadeo was particularly unhealthy. That's the way I feel, I think. I'm particularly... I am not particularly unhealthy. Doesn't make you healthy. It just means you're not unhealthy. (laughs) So anyway, uh, keep your eye out for the fugitive, the mob killer fugitive, Dominic Tadeo, on the loose in Florida. Or at least that's where he, you know, escaped. Could be a lot of places by now. Before we head into the break room, uh, have you ever browsed in incognito mode you know it's probably not as incognito as you think 
And why would it be? Chances are the browser you're using has made its fortune by tracking your movements online. And what do the big tech companies say when they're called out for collecting user data? Oh, well, incognito does not mean invisible. So here's the question. How do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? You use ExpressVPN like I do. Turns out that even in Agnido mode, your online activity still gets tracked and data brokers still get to buy and sell your data. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. Every time you connect with ExpressVPN, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Best of all, ExpressVPN, super easy to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, or smart TV, all you have to do is tap on one button for instant protection. And it is uh, a really nice feeling when you see that ExpressVPN is connected. It's, I mean, I, I log on to my laptop and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. My IP address is now masked. So if you really want to go incognito and protect your privacy, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash Jeffy. Get three extra months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Jeffy. E X P R E S S V P N dot com slash Jeffy. Expressvpn dot com slash Jeffy. Go to expressvpn dot com slash Jeffy right now to learn more. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh, so good. National championship, uh, men's basketball last night. Kansas defeats North Carolina. It was an exciting game. Um, the uh, Jayhawks uh, came back to the from the largest deficit, 16 points, to win the game. Looked like North Carolina was going to be the... Be the spoiler for number one Kansas, but to, to no avail. So congratulations to Kansas. And I hate saying that because, uh, you know, being a Missouri fan, I'm not a huge fan of Kansas. <laughs> uh, but uh, congratulations to them. I see where they continue to want me to like women's sports and I do, I like it, but they're just pissed that nobody watches it. And they're trying to force me to watch it. And it's just, you know, show me something good and maybe I'll watch it. I mean, I see where South Carolina, congratulations, won its second women's college basketball title in six years, beating Connecticut, uh, 64 to 49. Wow, pounded them. But, uh, yes, you can quote me on that. Yeah, the Gamecocks uh, pounded a UConn. Uh, and so, okay, I mean, congratulations, but did I watch it? No. Did I watch the men's? Yes. So I, if I have to apologize for that, I'm not going to because just that's just the way it is. 
If I had a daughter that was playing in any of these women's sports, absolutely I would follow them. No question I would pay attention and I'd be a part of it, but I don't. And so being a male, identifying as a male, identifying as he, him, sir, mister. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch the men's. Again, I'm not going to apologize. I am sorry for not being sorry. Wait, I'm not sure that works right. Looks like my man Ye is uh, struggling with some more mental health issues. Jeffy does that every day. Yeah, well, some days are better than others. Yeah, you could quote me on that. But he just pulled out of Coachella. And I tell you what, I really am. I've said this on the show before, and I am starting to get a little pissed that they continue to dead name Ye. Uh, every story talks about Kanye West pulling out of his scheduled appearance wherever he shows up. So he's pulling out of Coachella. Um, he's been scheduled to play at the festival. He was going to play the closing night. Coachella's a big deal. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people show up for this stupid event. And <laughs> they were, you know, he was making all kinds of headlines, but apparently uh, the, uh, the mental health is uh, not well right now. And so he needs to take a little time. Okay. I mean, they were talking about Travis Scott showing up to play with Ye and to sing and have put on a performance, but new. No. I mean, Travis has been, uh, you know, keeping a low profile since the Houston debacle at Astroworld. But, I mean, 10 people died at Astroworld. It was not a pretty thing. But he's been keeping a low profile, and it was looking like he was going to show up at Coachella and be with Ye. But, uh, no, uh, not going to happen. And so you still got the big Coachella festival happening at the Empire Polo Ground in Indio, California. Coming up on, uh, when the heck is that stupid event? The 16th of this month coming up today is the 5th. Wow, it's, I mean, it's close. So yay is pulling out, I mean, days away from the event. All right, well, have fun. I mean, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the 125,000 tickets per day on this event, this three or four day event will be, is it three or four days? It's like five, 16th through the 23rd, yeah, five days. 125,000 a day. Whew. Man, that's a, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And they're worried about the you know disease transmission. Yeah, when they say they're worried about the disease transmission, I don't think they're talking about COVID, but I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, Ye is uh, out at Coachella. So I watched a show. It's got, uh, I think, eight episodes on Netflix called Pieces of Her. And the twists in this show were pretty good. Uh, I was really bummed with the ending. I thought the ending, I mean, just if you watch it, maybe you don't watch the, maybe you stop halfway through <laughs> <laughs> maybe you stop because it was so good and the twists were so good and it, it, it I understood where it was happening but then the end was like why I mean you have to let's put an end to this and maybe they're hoping for season two I guess I don't know it's just I was kind of disappointed that's all I was just disappointed that's all and I'll tell you another show that I watched on Prime that was uh, pretty good. Maybe we talked about it already. Uh, the Outlaws on Amazon Prime. 
really good. I enjoyed the heck out of that show. If you have a chance to see uh, The Outlaws on Prime, I think it's six episodes, worth the binge. Uh, Pieces of Her, definitely worth the binge. It was enjoyable. Uh, some of it got a little stretched out. I feel like it could have been maybe six episodes, but they, you know, they made eight. Got to do what you got to do. And uh, really disappointed with the ending. But other than that, it was worth a watch. That's my review. Yeah, that's my review. Also, have you ever watched any of the Euphoria uh, series on HBO Max? So I watched some of it. I have not watched season two. And uh, I, I'm going to have to now because uh, the uh, star, one of the stars, Sydney Sweeney, who plays uh, Casey Howard on the show, was uh, doing an interview with Ellen DeGeneres. And she admitted that she invited her grandparents to the premiere of season two. And she said she didn't really think about the nude scenes that were in uh, that she played in in the show. I mean, that's part of euphoria. Uh, I mean, hello, sex, drugs, rock and roll in high school. That's the whole point of the show. Anyway, so she invites her grandparents to the uh, to the series premiere. And, uh, you know, there's granddaughter nude on the scene. <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, boy. But she said her grandparents didn't flinch and that her grand uh, granddaughter, uh, you know, said, looked up and grandparents said hey they got the best breasts in hollywood they didn't use the breast word they used the word can i say that yeah i just did okay so sorry but the best breasts in hollywood and so i mean it makes me want to watch it i gotta tell you uh i'm gonna tune in to season two of euphoria because uh, i could be a fan i don't want to say that sydney has the best breasts in hollywood uh, you know, her grandparents are a bias. I'll give you that. But uh, I want to make my own decisions. And so I'll let you know if I believe that Sydney's grandparents were correct about her and her looks in season two of Euphoria. Now, for those of you that uh, believe that you may have a better breasts... <laughs> <laughs> than uh, the Euphoria stars uh, and that are sending your pictures to CVS to get printed out, uh, just know that the CVS employees are able to see all your pictures. Uh, we had a CVS employee uh, on TikTok revealed that uh, she's seen customers printing off their private snaps at 9 in the morning at the store's printing facilities and she doesn't want it to do it anymore. Uh, she said, if your order gets placed online, I have to sort through the pictures to make sure the right ones get printed out. And she's seen everyone's nude photos and she's tired of it. Mariah from New York City. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Don't print your nudes at CVS. I do, in fact, see every single one. Now, I will say, maybe that's what you want. Uh, if you're sending nude pics to get printed out by the shop's printing service at CVS, you probably don't care that Mariah is able to see your nude pics. Okay? All right, good. Now, there's plenty of other online printing services, you know, to have photos delivered home to avoid face-to-face -face embarrassment. Just, you have Shutterfly, 
Uh, and Mariah went on to say that she can only see the customer's photos when they place online orders. If you print them in store, I don't see them. But if you do an online order, I'm the one manually printing them out and packing them. So if you do not want to uh, me to print your nudes, do it yourself. Maybe that's what they want. Uh, you know. <laughs> Apparently, if you're printing nudes, uh, it's some sort of abuse. I don't know. In the same story, they say earlier this month, a Boots employee saved a woman to escape from her controlling husband. She walked into the shop using the code ASKFORANNIE, A-N-I, meaning she needed help and assistance from police. When the officer arrived, they arrested the woman's husband, who later pleaded guilty to controlling and coercive behavior and assault causing actual body bodily harm. Well, good. That's wonderful. I'm glad that happened. <laughs> uh, but what does that have to do with our girl seeing people's nudes printed out at the pharmacy? I don't understand. But apparently... It has something to do with it in this particular author's mind. Tiffany Lowe. And so, uh, Tiffany, I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but thanks for putting it into the article. I really appreciate it. So yesterday, we talked a little bit about Elon Musk uh, buying a 9.2% stake in Twitter. It may be more now, but we know that he's the biggest shareholder. And he wasn't yesterday, they said, on the board. Well, we find out today, uh, you know what? Uh, he's going to go ahead and join the board. Oh, <laughs> okay. No problem. Elon doesn't have enough to do. You know what? I'm just going to sit on the board for Twitter. He, uh, Parag Agwal, uh, the uh, CEO of Twitter, tweeted out uh, today that uh, I'm excited to share that we're appointing at Elon Musk to our board. Through conversations with Elon in recent weeks, it became clear to us that he would bring great value to our board. <laughs> Is that right? Parag Okay, no problem. I see that, uh, and then uh, Elon uh, tweeted back saying, "Looking forward to working with Parag and Twitter toward uh, looking forward to working with Parag and Twitter board to make significant improvements to Twitter in coming months." Wow, I mean, the Twitter swamp has got to be bubbling over. Wow. And you know, he, they tweeted out, uh, the uh, tweet about, uh, uh, do you want an edit button? Elon tweeted out with the question, do you want an edit button? And it was a poll and he tweeted yes or no spelled wrong, of course. And uh, Parag, of course, quote tweeted that the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. Yeah. Okay. Now the thing is, is that, you know, it brings up a lot of questions that, and a lot of things that uh, you don't really think about 
when you think about an edit button because you want to say yeah uh, absolutely uh we need an edit button and i agree with twitter does need an edit button because there are times when you're like oh crap and you know you either have to delete the tweet and tweet the whole thing again or you just leave it up and don't worry about it but uh there's plenty of uh plenty of opportunities for i you know ideas about what could happen when you have an edit button and that's you know tweets that have been controversial one for years with supporting you know supporters looking for ways to fix typos among other things so when you look at some of the outcomes of an edit button how would you do it you have to think about a number of things one of the tweets that uh, tweeted back to elon which he responded to that sounds reasonable under two conditions it's only available for a few minutes five to ten minutes and when an edit is made there's a small link that shows the edit this keeps a public record but allows the tweeter the ability to fix a simple mistake and not re-notify their followers of a new tweet and that is, you know, you look about uh, the argument against the edit button. What if the tweet goes viral, lots of retweets and millions of impressions, and then the author completely changes the meaning, not just grammatical fix, but a total ideological change or shameless self-promote, then, uh, you know, what they're saying is that perhaps if you edit it, if you have, if you've, if something has already been retweeted or liked and you edit it, it goes back to zero and the it either you know disappears like you didn't tweet you know if you actually uh exited you know just deleted your tweet or it shows that uh this is the new tweet and it gives the link like that person wanted to the original tweet uh there's a lot there's a lot to cover it's more complicated than just an edit button no question uh, although i do use it you know i use it on facebook and instagram uh, you know, and it's, it's nice to have there. Um, and I, I really hadn't thought about, um, you know, changing it to, you know, something that would be bad, you know, like if I like a tweet and then that person goes back and changes it, I might not have, I might not have liked it with the change. And so it should kind of revert back to zero, right? Just get rid of all the likes and retweets, um, which is, you know, a big deal. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, I find it fascinating that, uh, one guy, Elon Musk is just, you know, shaking up that place. And, you know, the, the, the swamp, the Twitter swamp is definitely thick. So there, you know, there's been reports of employees leaving because Elon is on the board and, you know, big money holder in Twitter now. All right. Uh, you know, bye, go work for Disney. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it just seems, it seems weird. There's also big talk on reinstating, uh, Twitter accounts that have been banned, particularly like, uh, I don't know. What's the big one that comes to mind? Oh, I know Donald Trump, uh, you know, reinstating his Twitter account. Is he even going to take it? I mean, if they say, uh, president Trump, uh, former President Trump, uh, we're going to reinstate your Twitter account. Does he even take it? Because he's got his whole, you know, truth social now, which, by the way, is not doing well. <laughs> I mean, uh, the shares 
fell uh, 10% for the seventh straight day of losses. Some executives have resigned. Downloads are down 95%, according to uh, the record keepers. And uh, so what happens? Does he just stop Truth Social and go back to Twitter? When you reinstate him and reinstate anyone that was uh, kicked off of Twitter, do they start, do they get reinstated and then, uh, you know, are they back to where they were or they start at zero again? Do they just say, yep, we're going to reinstate you, but you have to gain your followers again, which I guess would make sense. Although I guess they should still have the followers that they had before, but what if those followers left? When you got kicked off, so you don't have those followers anymore, you really should probably start at zero. But it'll be fascinating to see what happens over the next, you know, few weeks, months at Twitter. Uh, you know, they're really after Musk now, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. They're pissed at him. Uh, they're saying that, uh, you know, he announced it late and they're coming after me. They do not like Elon much anyway at the SEC. So, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's starting a battle with them as well. It's going to be really, really fascinating to watch what happens. And, uh, you know, I know that Twitter, uh, personal Twitter with Parag Aguari at the CEO helm, uh, he had tweeted uh, March 16th. We have a responsibility, particularly during crisis, to proactively enforce our rules, preserve access to Twitter, protect privacy and safety of people on our service, prevent efforts to manipulate public conversation, promote credible information. Elon's got an uphill battle inside the Twitter swamp. No question. But he definitely kicked the, the hornet's nest <laughs> fun to watch Elon kick the hornet's nest I see where they added also speaking of Elon who is on the list of the uh, you know worth a hundred billion dollar men uh, there's no women on this page man what is wrong with the world uh, the weekend uh, this weekend we've added a new hundred million dollar hundred I'm sorry hundred million. I spit on a hundred million, a hundred billion dollar dollar man. Uh, Guatem Adani became the 10th person in the world worth at least $100 billion. So you've got, uh, Guatem Adani, you got Larry Ellison, uh, Steve Ballmer, uh, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Bernard Arnault, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk. The hundred billion dollar man. And Elon, I think now really is over 300, right? I mean, holy cow. Elon is getting into the stratosphere all to himself. All right, so today is, I think, 41 days. For those of you listening live on the 5th of April, uh, 2022, 41 days since Russia launched its uh, invasion of Ukraine. After uh, And now they're talking about uh, pulling back a little bit, and uh, there's some kind of uh, 
peace talks progressing, but we're not at the point where Vlad and and uh, what's his face Zelensky are going to meet. So I don't know what's happening with that. And we've given them all kinds of weapons. We won't give them the planes, though. We'll give you all kinds of weapons, billions of dollars of that, but we're not giving you the planes, okay? And we're seizing yachts all over the world. What is happening with these yachts? I mean, we've, we keep, every day I see a new headline, a $71 million luxury yacht seized, $90 million yacht seized, another oligarch yacht seized. What about Italian authorities have seized Russian steel billionaires, lavish villas worth $116 million. We are just seizing all of these oligarchs uh, from Russia. We're seizing all their property. What happens to that property? Who takes care of it? Who gets to purchase it when the war, if and when the war ever ends? Uh, do the yacht building companies just start building new yachts for the rich people or do they have to say no? Oh no, we know you've got the money, but you can't spend it here with us. So I just wondered, I, I mean, well, who keeps, and the yachts, guess what? Those yachts don't keep up themselves. Uh, that creates a lot of jobs. You have to take, cost a lot of money to upkeep a yacht. I know I, you know, my my yacht is really, really difficult to upkeep. You know, the largest boat, I think, I, I think the largest boat I've ever owned was the, uh, I had an eight foot flat bottom. <laughs> we used to use for fishing in a river. Uh, that was, that was my yacht. Okay. It was not a $90 million luxury yacht. So, and the upkeep on that was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, I had to lean it up against the house and keep it inside the fence. It's just tough, tough, tough. And you had to squeeze it into the back of the the SUV to take it to the river. I mean, it's you know, it's tough. It's upkeep. Who keeps up with the? Who's going to pay for all that? Where does that money come from? Are we just using the money that we're seizing from these oligarchs? I don't know. I just, I, I just wonder where they're. What's happening with all of this? I, you know, I'm sure. Time will tell. And did any of these oligarchs buy any of Bruce Willis's property? Are we going to get that seized? I mean, it's looking like Bruce. Uh, Houses of the hoity-toity has been selling off some properties in the last few years. And we know now that the reason he was selling it off is because he needs, uh, you know, a place where he can just kind of hang out and, uh, you know, feel safe because of uh, the declining uh, aphasia. That's what Bruce has, right? Because Jada Pinkett Smith has the alopecia. Bruce has the aphasia, right? So anyway, he's been selling off all kinds of property. And we talked a little bit about uh, when they sold some of the places. I mean, they sold uh, one property for $7.7 million in 2019, which then they slashed their asking price by $5.3 million. Wow, they dropped the price. They wanted to dump that quick. They originally bought a five-bedroom, five-bathroom property for $12 million. So uh, that was a little bit of a loss there. Then they sold his Central Park West duplex uh, for $17.8 million. <laughs> uh, and then they sold his Sun Valley, Idaho mountain house for $5.5 million. They also sold a huge home in the Turks and Caicos for $27 million. And that was $6 million less than the asking price. 
They also sold a plot of land in the Turks and Caicos that they had for six million. All right. Now he originally said, "Yeah, you know, I'm selling these uh, because uh, we're so far away from our California family, so we've decided to return to the West Coast and make our home there." Oh, okay, no problem. So I mean, uh, you know, people are who's buying that? Is it the oligarchs? Are we going to lock them down? So, okay, I guess. I mean, we know it's not the oligarchs buying the uh, buying the mansions in Los Angeles that Black Lives Matter purchased. That's so nice of them. I mean, they hate capitalism and whitey so bad, but they were okay with using the money that was donated to them, both by, or really by any color of skin. Uh, and they bought a, you know, several places. That's all. I mean, they received... million cash infusion from a fiscal sponsor. Wow. Uh, And after they got that, they went ahead and bought the Los Angeles house for $6 million. That's nice. It's nice that they've got a nice place to live. (laughs) And they purchased the Studio City Mansion in cash. And uh, then they transferred the property's deed to the LLC so that they could just kind of, you know, kind of keep it secret. They weren't trying to uh, cheat anyone. They were just avoiding exposing BLM assets to any litigation or liability. Uh huh. And they also bought a mansion in Toronto for six point three million. We also there were reports that she was uh, what's her face Colors Patrice Colors was giving money to Hubby's Foundation in Canada as well. That's when the Toronto place came into heat. Anyway, it's just, I don't know what got me thinking about how BLM is spending their their money helping out uh, black lives because, you know, you got to have a place to live, right? I mean, you can't, just, you can't just have a regular house to live in when you're in charge of Black Lives Matter. <laughs> oh, no, you can't have that. That's just dumb. Did you see where Dallas got rickrolled on April 1st? Now, you know, I often thought about how you could hack somebody's phone if you just put up a QR code as a hacking code, right? I mean, because we're pretty much trained now. Oh, is that a QR code? I'll just scan it on my phone. Oh, yeah, no problem. It doesn't matter. I won't ask any questions. I'll just scan it on my phone. And so 300 drones put together in Dallas were went up to perform a light show in the sky at reunion tower in downtown Dallas. <laughs> and it was a collaboration between Fort Worth based sky elements and Rockwell Rockwall based Jared guns, uh, the guy behind Epic nerf battles and the thought of a Fort Worth company, Rick rolling the city of Dallas is sort of perfect. And they recorded people, you know, in downtown Dallas, putting their phones up to the QR code in the sky from the drones and then getting Rick rolled. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you serious right now? Yeah, that's what we're serious right now. They used 300 drones and they created this QR code, uh, as it was really, really cool. Now, that having been said, this may teach us not to just, you know, scan the QR code of our life. Hey, there's a QR code. Let me scan it. No problem. 
And uh, so I, you know, I thought it was really funny. And we've all, you know, we all made the joke this year about April Fools. And you know, there's no April Fools joke because look around, everything is an April Fools joke. But it was a great job from Sky Elements and uh, Rockwall to create this, uh, to rickroll the city of Dallas. And if you don't know what that is, I mean, if you click on a link or get this QR code, then Rick Ashley's never going to give you up plays. And that's called Rick rolling. And if you don't know that by now, what world are you living in? <laughs> so anyway, I just thought it was, you know, really funny. And, you know, that goes to back to my old, I mean, Dallas and Fort Worth, man. I know it's DFW and everything, but we have, you know, the old Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, Kennedy joke where Kennedy had breakfast the morning that he was assassinated in Fort Worth and then went to Dallas after that. And, you know, Fort Worth is always like, hey, he was fine when he left here. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit, little bit of tension between Dallas and Fort Worth always. So just be careful of the old QR code that you click on. Because you never know. Might be the old Rick Roll. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. Sorry. Sorry about Rick rolling you there. Not really, I'm not. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.